Good morning. I want to welcome you to First Baptist Sandy Springs. This is the day the Lord has made. He made it for you and he made it for me. And you're exactly where he wants you to be, sitting here in the pew. And let's stand as we worship together this morning.
It's interesting when you said what you were thankful for, it goes perfectly with where we begin today. There, there are pivotal moments in our lives that mold us and, and change us. Uh, marriage, that's a pivotal moment <laughs> that, that changes us. And uh, you mentioned that. The birth of a child is a pivotal moment <laughs> that changes everything. The death of a loved one, some of us have walked down that path this year, is a moment that really changes us, causes us to think. A health issue, a crisis, a blessing, an opportunity, all of these things are pivotal. New Year's is a pivotal time for me. I love New Year's. I love having a new beginning and a fresh start and all the old has passed away and everything has become new. It is one of my favorites. Add to that the start of a new decade and, and my mind races. So happy new year, happy new decade. And at this time of year, many of us make resolutions. Are we set goals for the coming year? Some of you will map out the year ahead. And as God's people, I want us to do that. As a church, I want us to look forward. And as we look forward... I want us to have great attitudes of great possibilities. Great attitudes of great possibilities. And I want to describe, as we begin, great attitudes of great possibilities. And obviously, I go to Scripture for that. This is the attitude that David had after he killed Goliath. Can you imagine talking to David after that incident happened? He's just won the World Series He's just won the championship. He killed a guy that they say could be nine feet tall, and David wasn't that big, and he had a rock and a little sling. Can you imagine talking to him after that was over with? Think about what he might say. You think he would say, it was just luck that did it? Anybody think he'd say that? What would he say? It was God. It was God that did that. And from that day forward, his life was changed. And he had to have a great attitude. And he had to know that with God, all things are possible. It's a great story. We're still telling it 3,000 years later. And so that was a pivotal moment in David's life that gave him an attitude of possibilities because of God. It's the attitude that Daniel had after he walked out of the lion's den. This was 2,600 years ago. Great story. We're still telling it. Can you imagine Daniel after that moment? I have a picture in my mind at Daniel later on in life when he settles down and has children and he takes them to the zoo, standing outside the lion's cage. Yeah, I know that one. That one's my buddy right there. I would love to hear him tell the story about that encounter. And after that encounter, Daniel had a new attitude 
And he was strong before, but that had to make him stronger. About anything is possible with God. This the attitude adjustment happened also to some more strong young Hebrew boys. We know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's their Babylonian names. Their Hebrew names are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But they walked through fire. And it says when they got out, they didn't even, it didn't scorch them, didn't touch them. They didn't even smell like smoke. And it said there was a fourth in there that looked like a son of the God. We think that's an Old Testament appearance of Jesus walking with them. Now, you can't tell me after that at every campfire that anybody was around that these three would say, you know, see that fire right there? I was in the middle of it, walked through it, and I was fine. And God was with me. And their attitude then became anything is possible. Their attitude then became God can do anything. Nothing is impossible with God. As I wandered through Scripture in my mind and getting ready for this, I thought about so many, and those three jumped out at the Old Testament, but there's so many others. And in the New Testament, I, I, I've got a guy, I don't know his name, but you think about a leper that was touched by Jesus and what changed from unclean to clean, from ostracized to welcome, from hopeless to hopeful. All of those things happened and his attitude had to change and now everything is possible because he's seen God firsthand. I think about the attitude of the disciples who were kind of thick-headed for three years when Jesus tried to teach them but after the resurrection, after the resurrection, these boys were on fire. They went from hiding in fear to boldness. And they finally had the right attitudes and knew that with Jesus all things were possible. And so that's the attitude that we as God's people should have. And we all have our story. And so we all are probably hopefully on the same page, although we might take it for granted, but God can do anything, and God can use anyone, and we need to agree that anything is possible. You think that's true? Anything is possible? You should. That's what the Word teaches. So when we look at the world around us with a biblical perspective, we should always have great attitudes of great possibility. One of my friends whispered to me when I went to the back, which she said she should have said, Auburn beat Alabama. She was thankful for that in 2019. All things are possible. Before we go further, let's pray. Lord, put us on the same page of all things being possible through Christ. Father, also we ask that you would bless our attitude that they would reflect our belief in you, that they would reflect the, our experiences with you, that they would reflect the, the positive message of Jesus Christ changing lives. So, Father, help us to never take one moment for granted. And as we look forward, let us look with the best of attitudes and with unlimited possibilities ahead. In Jesus' name. We pray, amen.
As I talked about a moment ago, our friends from David to Daniel to Hananiah and Mishael, Azariah to the leper to the disciples, I wondered what they had in common. I've never put them all together in a group, but it made me wonder what they had in common. And this hit me. I bet they prayed. You think so? I bet they prayed. I bet David, the closer he got to Goliath, prayed even more. You know how things might look small from a distance but when you get up close? When David got up close, I bet he was in the midst of a big prayer. When Daniel saw them throw him in and he saw the lions, you know he had to pray. And when the three Hebrew boys were headed to the furnace, they had to pray. And the leper had to pray all of his, all of his illness for something to happen, for someone to help him. The disciples were taught how to pray. The book of Acts talks about the disciples praying. And I want us to look at what happened right as Jesus left. So we begin in Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse 8. According to the book of Acts, the last thing Jesus said before he ascends to heaven was, but you were to the disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, the town, throughout Judea, the state, if you will, in Samaria, the nation, if you will, and to the ends of the earth, everywhere. So those are the last words of Jesus in the book of Acts. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Verse 9. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. He's in heaven. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, Two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said. Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. But someday he'll return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. And I want you to see what happens next. Beginning at verse 12. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of a half a mile. That's interesting. Why do you need to know that? Distance of a half a mile. I love what happens. The Bible puts stamps on these stories to let them know, hey, this is real. This happened. And that's, I think, why it's in there. Just the distance. We can relate to that. So the apostles returned to Jerusalem for the Mount of Olives, a distance of a half a mile. When they arrived and went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying, here are the names of those who were present. Give their names. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. I'm going to repeat verse 14. I love verse 14. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. Let me ask you this. Could those 
that day, gathered in Jerusalem in that upper room, and we're told their names, Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, Mary the mother of Jesus, several other women, brothers of Jesus. Roughly two dozen were gathered. Could those two dozen gathered have pictured the growth of the church in the days ahead? Could they look forward a year? Could they look forward 100 years? Could they look forward 2,000 years to today with churches meeting all over the world? You think that's possible? I, I don't know. I, I doubt it. I can't imagine they could see what you and I can see today. But I do know this. The church exists today all over the world because of what they did that day. Think about it. The church exists today because of what they did that day. They could have gathered and said, hey, wasn't that great? We miss Jesus. He's gone now. Let's go about our business. It's not what they did. It's not what they did. It says this is what they did. It says they all met together and were constantly united in prayer. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer. As we began, I said we wanted to look forward and to have great attitudes of great possibilities. And for that to happen, you know what we have to do? We have to pray. We have to pray for our attitudes. We have to pray for possibilities. We have to pray for revival. We have to pray that God will use us every day. We have to pray for one another. We have to pray for our church. We have to pray for our country that needs our prayers. And when we do that, and when we're serious about that, God will bless us beyond anything we could ever expect. Those gathered in that room that they never expected what happened, I don't think. But the church blew up, and it blew up because they prayed and because of their attitudes of great possibility. When you get to heaven, and it's my prayer, all of us are believers in Christ, and that'll get you there. After thanking Jesus, I think we should thank those that were present. Peter and John and James and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew and James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot and Judas, son of James, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and several other women. We'll figure out their names in heaven and the brothers of Jesus. You think that's a good idea to thank them? I have another question. This is more serious and more personal. Who will thank you? Who will thank you? Who have we made an eternal difference for in their lives? Who will be in heaven because of us? It is my prayer that our vision includes leading others to Christ. I did a funeral yesterday of a man I did not know, but in talking to his family, he grew up in this church, became a Christian here. My dad baptized him probably across the street in the old church. And because of the ministry of First Baptist Church of Sandy Springs and his family, he's in heaven. And so that's our job. That's our main job, our most important job. And today, I want our vision to include us leading folks to the truth. I want you to do this. 
I want you to pray about someone that you can lead to Christ. You might already know them. You know somebody that needs Jesus. I want that to become your burden for 2020. I have a name in my head. I want you to have a name in your head. And I want you to have a vision that will lead them to Christ. Have a great attitude knowing that things are possible. Instead thinking, God, I can't believe you gave me that name. That's the worst person I've ever known. And they're so far from you and it's never going to work. Wait a minute. This is the God that leads people through fire and out of lions and touches lepers and heals eyes. It is possible. You need to pray and you need to go. That's all of it. We're going to be looking at vision in the weeks ahead. But the most important vision that we can have is leading other people to Jesus. So here's your invitation today. Join us as a church on this journey. Maybe God has already given you a name to minister to. And what I want us to do, we don't do an invitation every week, but what I want us to do today is just to open up the altar for you to come and pray. Maybe God's already given you a name that you will lead someone to him and have that burden for souls in 2020 more than we have ever what I'm going to do, too, uh, is I'll be here if you would like to join this church family and begin your year uh, on board with us as we seek to have great attitudes and great possibilities. We'll get you to do that, too. We're not going to sing anything. Kay, if you could just play something for us as we do that, that will be lovely. So let me make it clear. If you want to come and pray, we encourage you to come and pray for the name God has given you. If you want to join with this church family on that journey, we want you to do that, too. Whatever God leads you to do, let's pray and then let's respond as God leads us. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the year ahead. We just ask your rich blessings on our attitudes and help us to understand of unlimited possibilities in the mission field around us we call Sandy Springs. God, each of us has a different mission field. Each of us has a different name. And it's our prayer that we will do our part because we serve a great God. And with you, all things are possible. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you want to keep praying through this time, you're welcome to do that. We are going to open the altar if you would like to pray as Kay plays.
And Father, that all of us have made that decision to live our lives with the attitudes of David and Daniel and Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah and those disciples and those women that were present and Jesus' brothers. Help us to live lives that don't take no for an answer. So, Father, revive us, challenge us, wake us, stir us, help us in the days ahead. And we look forward to that day when we gather in heaven and someone comes to thank us because of the decision we made today. We look forward to 2020 and we ask your richest blessings on our church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Happy New Year.